Welcome to the You Are Covered podcast. I'm Hannah Lynn Miller. I have really enjoyed these past couple of episodes. Uh, and this one is one that's been on my heart. I, you know, I am in my 30, when I'm recording this, I'm in my 37th week of pregnancy and I have insomnia. So I have actually really enjoyed uh, spending some time in the early mornings writing this content for you all and this podcast episode has to do with one of those thoughts that happened early morning when I was just super uncomfortable and could not sleep and so we are going to get into that topic it is how to have contentment in ministry talking about abundance and how to focus on the Lord's abundance that he does give to us but first Here are some things that we do need to cover before we get started. First off, we do have a newsletter. It's called the Inside Out Newsletter. It's something that I like to write. You know, I've been doing it, trying to do it every month. And it's just kind of a letter that, you know, I use to stay connected with you. And I actually share a lot of things that happen with John and I. John is a pastor here in the city. And so I kind of, give this an opportunity to connect with you and tell you what's going on in our with our family. And I also love to share some products that I have been using. All of the uh, blog posts and the podcast episodes and what's going on on YouTube is on this newsletter as well. And so if you want to just stay connected, it's kind of just like we're friends and I'm sharing with you the things that's happening in my life. Uh, definitely sign up for this newsletter. And when you sign up using this link in the show notes, you also get signed up to get uh, podcast episode updates. So you'll get an email and it just says, hey, new episode, and this is what it's about. And it's specifically for the You Are Covered podcast. I don't want to send this to everyone. I just want people who are on this list to know about it so that I'm not, you know, giving you too many emails. So definitely sign up for the Inside Out newsletter list so we can stay connected. I have You Are Covered merch on the website, and you, again, can find that in the show notes as well. I'm so excited about this merch. There's, like, such fun, exciting hoodies, clothes, hats. Uh, I also have a notebook. I have this really cool uh, lunchbox that says You Are Covered. And I hand drew the lettering for it. And so I want someone to buy it and tell me how it turns out. I need to actually just purchase one. Maybe I'll get it for John. Uh, But it's kind of a cool, it's like wax covered. And it's just a cool like lunch box. So if you need something to carry your lunch in, definitely check that out. It is on the website. So fun. Uh, You know, and it could be a fun gift for somebody who maybe listens to the podcast with you. And you can go ahead and find that gift idea on the You Are Covered merch website. So also talking about supporting this podcast, uh, you can support this podcast in a huge way for John and I. We really appreciate it so that I can keep doing this podcast and really uh, feel supported. And you can do that by starting with 99 cents a month or $10 a month. And that just shows us that you're listening and that you support what we are doing here on the You Are Covered podcast. We just want to share 
fun, engaging content that has to do with theology and then also therapy and sharing a little bit about our lives. So uh, my husband, as we're talking about ministry, he is in full-time ministry. I am a therapist. And so this is kind of my uh, outlet that I'm able to share what I'm learning and able to communicate content that is going to be helpful with a biblical perspective. And so uh, if you support that and you want me to keep creating this content, please, please uh, partner with us. And again, that link is down in the show notes. So we're going to talk about this topic that I wrote late at night, early morning. And I think it was just on my heart, not even like for, um, it wasn't on my heart just because this has been a new topic in my life. This has been an ongoing thing. And I don't think I ever thought about it. I knew I wanted to talk about since Thanksgiving's coming up, I wanted to talk about like being thankful and and gratitude and abundance. And these are themes that in God being faithful, these are themes that have been in my life, right? But I really felt convicted that I should probably take a more specific take on how to be content in ministry just because that has been kind of our season. <laughs> Actually, that's been our whole marriage and and what that looks like and what I've learned. I am not a pro in this area at all whatsoever. Actually, probably just the opposite. I'm still learning on how to be content when you're called into full-time ministry. And I also wanted to talk about like what is ministry and why is this needed? in the church? What does this look like? Talk about it a little bit and process it with you. Uh, I'd love to hear your comments and your perspective too after this episode. So please do that. I know there's an option. You can do that on Spotify. You can comment. And then also if you are on YouTube, there's always the opportunity to add a comment on YouTube as well. And I, I love hearing from you guys. But what is ministry? I think it's important to note that there is a difference between ministry that we're all called to. So we're all called to pour into, as believers, we're all called to pour into the local church, right? And I think it's a beautiful thing. I don't think that church is there for us to learn about theology and that's it. (laughs) Or that it's a place to get free childcare and that's it. Or it's a place to uh, get we're a, a a concert, a worship concert, and that's it. No, it's really to serve and show up for other people in uh, the the Christian community in our in their body, right? And to really be able to serve each other and to find that community and that family aspect. And that's what the local church is for. And so we're all called to ministry, and really, a, a pastor's job is to encourage that. And to lead in that way, right? And so I think that a pulpit-centric church can focus so much on this teaching and the theology and what's right and wrong and all this stuff. And I think that's great. My whole podcast is about theology. (laughs) I love bringing up theology topics, right? But also, I really, really, really want to stress that that is something that you can do on your own time. Study God's word. That is something that you do uh, 
not separately from the church. Absolutely not. But I think the main reason we go to church once a week and we stay plugged into a, a local body is uh, accountability, community, finding a sense of belonging, and serving others. It's not about us. It's literally about serving others. And I think that when we start with talking about what ministry is, I think that's, that is the perspective that we have to have, even if we are uh, vocationally in ministry. That means that you receive an income, you're, you get paid for uh, working at a church, nonprofit, something that's Christian ministry. Uh, and I think that the evangelical church has really put an emphasis on this. Uh, and so I just wanted to break down a little bit. And I, the verse that I'm going to is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. And it talks about that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributing them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there's different kinds of working, but in them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So what, whatever you feel called to in your Christian ministry, whatever it is, and it could be business, it could be not even church related, they are all the same, <laughs> just as important. And I think that's really important to start off with when we're talking about contentment in vocational ministry. And even saying that, it is a very interesting thing because personally, for me, these are the two things that come up for me when we talk about ministry. One is I feel like it's next to impossible to stay content and to, it's just hard. It's just hard. Ministry is hard. <laughs> and I think sometimes it's because of the monetary issues that comes up in ministry in churches uh, when you are uh, full-time in ministry. It's hard, probably a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. Uh, there's that side of things. So, and then on the other side of things, I'm like, okay, but they're all even. They're all really important to God. But why does this side have to be so hard? <laughs> why does full-time ministry have to be so dang hard? And so I think, I think those are the two things that I, I come at it with this angle, okay? When we talk about ministry and finding contentment. And so I'm going to talk to you like you are in full-time ministry. And I know it's, been, it's, it's really hard right now, especially with the economy and everything. And so we're going to talk about contentment, and I just want you to hear my my heart on this. And again, I'm not. I don't want anyone to hear that one's important than the other. Okay, definitely do not want you to think that. Uh, but this is for those who are in vocational ministry, where you're getting paid to work as a a pastor, ministry leader, whatever by a church. And I just want you to hear my heart on that because contentment in vocational ministry is hard. I have supposedly, this is what my previous job told me, supposedly I have been in vocational ministry for most of my adult life. My previous job was a pretty good career. Um, 
you know, radio broadcasting, you wouldn't necessarily think that it's ministry. But a lot of times that whole phrase of this is not a job, this is a ministry kind of taped over the low pay and and um, gave you a mission. So because you had a powerful ministry mission, they kind of said that this is not a job, this is a ministry. So supposedly I have been in full-time ministry for most of my career. And it's true. I did really love the mission. I loved that mindset. I loved what uh, my job stood for, what Moody Radio stood for. I did. I really, I mean, I still do. I still like really love what um, the mission was. And it was to tell people about Jesus. Like I, if that is simply what it is, I'm here for that. Okay. Uh, and, and sometimes you do because you're so passionate about that and you enjoy that work so much and teaching the Bible. I loved it. You do kind of sometimes settle for being paid less. Um, and on top of that, I have been a pastor's wife for going on six years. He became a pastor the month we got married. Um, and I think the biggest challenge with these roles, as most would imagine, is the contentment of monetary things. And if you've been in the same boat, the, this podcast, and I will get a uh, blog post out for you too on this, is for you. And we're going to talk about uh, contentment and we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say and just some tips, just some things that um, I have learned, okay? Because it's hard. <laughs> uh, the word contentment can sometimes sting, especially when you feel like you've sacrificed so much. So if somebody would tell me, hey, you need to be content in ministry, I'm like, who are you? What have you been doing with your life? <laughs> because this is hard. <laughs> and I think when you feel like you've sacrificed so much in the name of ministry, that word can kind of sting. Uh, but being discontent is not the answer either. So being you know, angry about the word contentment and like trying to find out what that looks like in your life versus being discontent and like restless uh, in where you're at in life. Th those are two not great answers, right? So the question is, how do we stay content when in ministry? Um, that is the conversation and we're, we're going to talk about it. It's so easy to become discontent during this time of the year, especially with holidays um, wish lists are long and even longer are the items in our Amazon cart. Yes, pastor wives want to have nice things too. I know it's hard to believe. Um, how do we stay thankful, especially when we find ourselves in ministry? And the funny thing is that that feeling being unchecked, that feeling of discontentment can happen to us in all seasons. It could happen in times of plenty uh, and seasons of having less. Uh, it, can, it can fluctuate and it doesn't have to do with what you have in the bank. And I think, I, think that was, I think that's been the most powerful thing that I've learned. You can find so much contentment in times of having less. And I definitely have experienced this. Uh, yeah, so in this podcast, we're definitely going to look at a lot of scripture. And so I'm going to read it, but you can definitely find all of this on the blog. Uh, I'm going to put this in the theology segments of my of my blog, um, the category of theology. 
because we are, we're going to dive into what the Bible has to say. And so the first, the first uh, passage of scripture that we're going to look at is 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. John and I have been talking about this recently because we were watching Yellowstone and uh, just the amount of corruption that can happen. And it's not even through money. It's like it's like money and power kind of go hand in hand and how dangerous those two things can happen uh, together. And I, my husband says this over and over again for him. He's so content with with where he is at. He's just like he just has such a great perspective on contentment. And I'm so much more of like a go-getter, not content in any aspect of my life. And I'm very restless usually. And so he's taught me a lot, but you know, he's always said that he never wants to be rich or have a lot of money. He's like, I'm going to be given all that away. And it's in, he told me that early on in dating. <laughs> and I think that that's really huge. I think um, there's nothing wrong with with having a lot of money, but you do have to be really careful with how uh, how how you can start viewing your power and how you can start viewing who is in control of your life. Uh, I think when you have money, uh, there's just a lot of things that you can look at and think, "Hey, this is this I've done this." you know, I, or you can start controlling, try to control things because you do have a lot of control. When you have money, I mean, you can just do whatever you want. Like that's really how the world works. I mean, it's, it's really true. It's really important to have a trust in the Lord's provision. And I think when you don't have, when you have money, that perspective can go away. And I remember my dad um, you know, anytime he was in sales. So anytime he really felt like, okay, this was a great sale or a great season. I remember him always pointing back to God being good to him. And I think having that perspective, no matter what industry you're in and no matter what type of work you've been doing, I think it's really important to have that perspective that that's where your provision comes from. Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that. That's so cool. And having that perspective of like, again, God's provision, his faithfulness can be so powerful when it comes to thinking about contentment and where you're at and the monetary parts of, of life. Philippians 4, 11 to 12 says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
Uh, and then if you go a little further at Philippians 4:19, he says, "And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus." In this context is talking about obedience to God and service to others. So that correlation of like I'm going to obey God, I'm going to serve others, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Instead of trusting in your own self-sufficiency, Paul is trusting in the sufficiency of God. I love that so much. It's so powerful, and it's such a good perspective on uh, on who God is and how he works in our lives. Uh, Psalm 37, 3 through 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and be friend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, I remember reading this in, I think it was in undergrad, and it was when I started thinking, yeah, I don't think I'm called to the mission field. <laughs> you know, because I was going to a Bible college, so, you know, that was happening. And I definitely dated somebody who was a missionary kid. Um, but I remember I, you focus so much on the the last part, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But the second, the first part says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. So dwelling in, in you know, your community, being present, um, being established. It's okay to have just like the slowness to life and, um, and the sim- it's just kind of simple. Like I, I love the simplicity of this of this verse. And that's where you can find contentment. He will give you the desires of your heart. And sometimes this may even mean desires we don't know about. It could mean that as we get closer to him, we will understand ourselves more and him more. And our desires may change and align with his perfect plan and therefore what is best for us. And that will bring contentment. Um, okay, so here are some ways to focus on contentment. Uh, These are some things that I've heard friends do. And I only say that because of this first one. I definitely have never done this. And I don't know if it would actually help me. Maybe it would. It probably would, but I have never done this. But um, the first one is to take a a social media break. Uh, And then this can include, I think it should include Pinterest. Uh, I don't think I know of anyone who's actually like fasted from Pinterest, but I think as a girl, like Pinterest can be really all consuming and it's kind of, it's fun. You know, you get project ideas, but you also get a lot of things in your face that you don't have. And so that can bring a lot of discontentment. I know. So I'm part of this group called 27 Pastor Wives and it's a support group basically for pastor wives. And Joanna is the one who heads it up and she's remarkable. So great. But she always calls it discontentrist, something like that. <laughs> she just calls it something different, and it has to do with being discontent. And I hear that. I totally do. And I'm going to be totally transparent. I have not uh, taken a break from either of those things, and that might help me. It might. And I think it would help. Yes, it would. It would help both of us. Um, deleting shopping apps. I don't know about you, but I definitely have a lot of shopping apps on there, and I have done that. I have done I've deleted shopping apps. I've deleted Amazon for a time as well. Asking yourself what you need versus what you want. I think that's huge. Pray about your real needs. Sometimes discontentment can come from real needs and actually having real needs that, you know, you need housing. 
I know we were in that situation and needing housing. This can be real and understanding that God really does care and want to show up for you in your life and as your provider and you can and give you peace instead of discontentment. And I, I just think, I think being careful, and we'll get into this a little bit more about real need and contentment. Sorry, I'm like <sighs> trying to breathe with this baby. Think about who you're surrounding with yourself with. Are, are, there, are they people who are content? Do they understand your financial situation or do they make you feel unheard or ashamed for where you're at financially? Do they understand ministry? I think that's a big thing too. Like I've I found since John being a pastor, these are the two types of people that I've found, three types of people, okay, that I've found. I've ha- I found that some people just like genuinely don't understand or don't even care or it's just so beyond them, you know, to the point of like, I have to say, my husband works on Sundays. He works as a pastor. So he doesn't have weekends free. So so that one, that means like a few things for me. He doesn't get normal jobs around the house done on Saturdays because he has stuff going on, like meetings and stuff. Okay. And he's thinking about his Sunday sermon, all the things. Also, we can't travel to see you that that's that's one thing um that they're just like it just goes over the their heads you know and then also it's like do you know how much pastors make do you know how much yeah and it's not a whole lot especially a small church which i love small churches that's great but that just not understanding you know what what ministry full-time ministry looks like or requires it's the time commitment it is the um sacrifices that family usually makes right and then the other part is the other type of person we come across i have come across are the ones that think that you think that you're better because you're in full-time ministry (laughs) that annoys me so much i'm like listen i don't think i'm better than anybody okay that's my self-esteem issue okay but but why? Why do you think that? I don't understand. I don't understand. That is so pharisaical to think that you're better because you're in ministry. Like we need to be thinking of ourselves less because we're in ministry. And believe me, ministry will make you feel that way. And that's a good thing. It's okay. It's very humbling. Okay. So there's those types of people. And then there's the person that just gets it. Like they're going to be so supportive. They love you. I I have like a couple of women that I just text and I say, hey, we need some prayers and and I feel comfortable to just text them. And they're, none of them are in ministry. None of them are in full-time ministry. And um, actually, maybe there's one. And they just, but they still get it and they're going to be supportive and they're going to get it and um, they're going to pray for me. And I I feel very supported by them because they understand uh, why we do what do we do that you know, my husband feels called to this. I am no longer in Christian ministry, so that's great. I mean, I'm always going to be if he's a pastor, but because pastor wives have this weird role, but I am now a therapist. And the phrase Christian ministry, this is ministry, not a job, has not come out yet. And as soon as it does, I'm getting another 
job because that is ridiculous. I need to get paid. Think about who you're surrounding yourself with. Do they get ministry? Do they understand the sacrifices that you've made time-wise and for other other ways for your family? Um, here's the next point. Do not feel guilty about having real needs. I think when you're in ministry, I think there's this taboo thing talking about what you do need, what you and your family needs. And I, I don't think your priority is first and foremost to your family. So you guys taking being taken care of with real needs, real needs, putting food on the table, um, a house, housing, some kind of housing. OK, like we were in a pinch. I was going to move in with my parents. OK, because of of housing and us both being in full time Christian ministry. OK, that is, those are needs. I mean, a car. Having a car. Those are some real needs. And I don't think that um, medical bills, I don't think that you should ever feel guilty. And I remember, here's the thing. So I'm going to tell a personal story. I remember having a conversation with somebody who was not in vocational ministry. This person had a great paying job and was able to teach the Bible kind of on the side as a hobby. And this person did really well for herself, and I'm so happy for them. But I remember when I was starting to do uh, That's Real, and I was creating content for That's Real and obviously did not get paid for it, I remember talking to this person who was doing something similar, and I was asking about how did she get paid, did she get reimbursed, What? how did this all work out, okay? And... This individual said, check your heart and asked me if I was struggling with a heart issue. The amount of times Christians have done that to me, I, it's just really interesting. And I was really thrown back. I mean, at this point, I was, you know, in full-time broadcasting, I was the breadwinner for our family because my husband was a youth pastor. And I think he worked maybe, I think it was like 20 hours a week or something and had to have a second job. You know, we were probably in our first or second year of marriage, and I was really thrown back because I was like, "Did you, do you know, do you know how this how this is working? How does this work?" And um, I I had to really swallow my pride and say, "Hey, I will evaluate that." And looking back, I know I wasn't. I didn't have a heart issue. Um. Looking back, we were living in a tiny, tiny apartment that was not in a good area. Um, actually, we've done that through our whole marriage, had to do that. Um, and I don't think that having real needs um, should ever be shamed. I don't think people in the church should ever shame people in ministry for having real needs and desiring a little extra cash for the work that they're doing. Um, I think that's kind of crazy. And I think that I'm still, I still think that that is a learning lesson for me that in, in the future, never to, never to feel that, do that to anyone who's in ministry, because it's just, it's just, it's hard. It's a very hard, hard thing to be called to. Um, for multiple reasons. And so I don't think we should ever shame people in ministry for having real needs and to want to get paid properly for for a job. 
Like, I just think that's kind of crazy. Um, being in ministry for most of my professional life can make it hard for me to understand God's plan in times of real need. And I, I, I will tell you that in total confidence. Finding contentment in those times can be so hard. And what I've found personally is that God is not like this individual, blinded to real need. And again, I think that the love of money can definitely blind you to people who have real need and, and make you forget what it's like to really struggle. I have to be honest, lately I've been rolling my eyes at passages of scripture where Paul is asking for money and then saying he's content either way. I don't know why, but it's been hitting me in a real, really weird way. Like I'm like really thinking through it. Um, and, but as I started writing this episode, I appreciate, I started to appreciate that he says he does know what it's like to go without and to have plenty. And what kind of American pastors, how many American pastors can actually say that they understand that? How that feels, you know, because there's so many big megachurch pastors and and money flowing from churches, and it's so interesting. But the the ones that are really on the ground in small churches can say that with Paul, that they have really been working on sharing the gospel to communities that you know need that, and that's why it's really important to surround yourself when you're in ministry. You're on the ground. Um, the Women that I that I am mentored by, they they are church planters. And church planters, if you know anything about it, it is a struggle. So I, I'm never jealous of them at all. Um, but surrounding yourself with people that understand the sacrifices of ministry and those who do not compete or compare monetary things is so important for you to strive for godly contentment in your calling. Uh, keep your eyes on what God is doing, his character, and remember when he's been faithful in your life. Uh, really assess your actions, attitudes, and motives when it comes to why you're doing what you're doing uh, in ministry. Discontentment can come in so many other areas, especially with the American church. Uh, we see way too many pastors paying attention to un ungodly ambition. And this is where growth and uh, numbers are important and not as in is more important than the spiritual depth of a church. And I think that is huge. Like, I think that is so scary to me. I never, ever, ever, ever want to be in a position where that's kind of what we are about um, in any church situation. I don't want to be a par part of a church at all. I've never wanted to be a part of a church that's like that. And no, the heart of God. Um, as I'm writing this post, uh, this content for this podcast, Maverick City Music was uh, playing and it's talking about how it's their song that's talking about how their battle, our battle is not ours, but God's. And that he is a strong tower and he's the strong tower. It's the song, uh, God's Problem. Um, it was playing when I was writing this. And I just want to encourage you to lift your discontentment up to the Lord, whatever you've been feeling, whether it's like real, real needs or um, just finding discontentment in ministry. He understands what you need even before you ask. Uh, and I think that's just remarkable and awesome. And I've seen that. I really have. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they're saved. That's Proverbs 18.10. Matthew 6, we read right away not to do things for recognition, uh, which goes back to ungodly ambition. 
And I think that can really cause some discontentment. If you're doing what you're doing to get recognition, that's no good. You are going to get burnt out. You are not going to receive blessing, uh, that abundant feeling from the Lord, because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Uh, verse 6 of chapter, Matthew chapter 6 says, Watch out. Don't do your de good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets and calling attention for their acts of charity. I tell you, they have received all the reward they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your hand, right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. And in verse 7, we read that God knows what we need before we even ask of him. We don't need long prayers, more good works. We don't need to live like mar martyrs, but we do need to come to him with our needs, trust in his faithfulness, forgive others, and have this ki kingdom perspective. Um, when you pray, don't babble on as Gentiles do. They think that their prayers will be answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask them. And then verse 9 says, Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And in, in verses 19 20, through 21, we are reminded again not to store up riches here, but in heaven. Another perspective taking, talking about having kingdom perspective. Uh, 19 says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and uh, eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your is the desires of your heart will also be. Verse 24 says, you cannot serve two masters. You either end up serving God or money. The chapter ends with two examples of how God provides for his creation, the flowers and the birds, and a reassurance that God knows your needs. Keep your eyes on him. So, and I love, I love this because it's like, it's like, yeah, God cares about clothing. You guys know I love fashion. Verse 28 says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. And yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully before the wild flowers that are here today and thrown to the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Love that. Here are some takeaways real quickly. Keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Serve God, not money. Live righteously, but for God's glory, not your own, and he will give you what you need. Do not do good works or even pray for the recognition of others. This will for sure give you discontentment, but instead do it in secret and only for God and what and you to know about. Store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. Godly contentment recognizes that our needs are God's battle to fight, not ours. Uh, and 
here's a few tips too that I was listening to John Piper talking about contentment in uh, or trying to uh, avoid burnout in ministry. And John Piper said, just love what you do. Like do write down like three things that you absolutely love about your job in ministry and, and just be obsessed about those things. And then it makes the things that you don't like so much better. Um, and then really focus on loving God. I, and that was something that I was, I think I'm convicted on this week. Um, just, just loving God more. Uh, ask God for the perseverance and the contentment. Again, it's his battle to fight. Find ways to relax and find contentment in your daily life, like the small ways. I know John and I really work hard on that. Uh, he's so much better at it than I am. But write down three things that ministry uh, gives you life in. Again, like just find those things that you really, really enjoy about your job and ministry. And then John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it to the abundance. And that's what we get to tell others about. And when you're in ministry, that's, that's the focus, right? And I also think that that's what God has called you into. And we can believe that even if you are in ministry, even if you are the one, you know, um, being the pastor and, uh, even if you are the one who's a ministry leader or whatever it is, ministry is hard. A Christian ministry feels almost impossible. And the monetary contentment that comes when we keep from comparing ourselves to others, avoiding people who do not understand the sacrifices that it takes to be in ministry and look to God as our provider, ministry contentment requires the same ingredients when fighting ungodly ambition. Focus on God, my friend. He sees. He also provides. He is faithful. Keep your eyes on him. And as you strive to focus on his abundance in your life, the ways he's been faithful, his character, and he is a strong tower and he will fight your battles. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you for letting me be so vulnerable. And I hope that this was encouraging to you if you have ever found yourself in Christian ministry or finding yourself feeling discontentment. Uh, in vocational ministry. You're not alone, and I hope this was encouraging. Um, as always, Jesus got you, and you are covered. I will see you in the next episode.